Welcome to the Saved and Savage podcast, where we talk about faith, courage, and doing difficult things. My name is Preston, the pastor of Disaster Hawker. I've had roughly a dozen years training, coaching, and competing in wrestling, jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and mixed martial arts. Join me for our weekly podcast and choose to be a part of the Saved and Savage movement. Today we're talking about the difference between being a good man and being good at being a man and the need for both. Welcome back to the Saved and Savage podcast. My name is Preston, the pastor of Disaster Hawker. If you are listening to this podcast, there's a really good chance you understand that I am a fight fan. I grew up uh, watching fights. Um, I remember when I was a kid, one of my favorite pastimes as a kid was sitting on the, the floor of my living room watching all of the great boxing matches. See, when I was a kid, there wasn't UFC or Bellator or any of these other organizations um, for mixed martial arts, a fighter was a boxer and a boxer was a fighter. And that concept has changed a little little bit over time um, with the introduction of mixed martial arts. And even even as Muay Thai and like a Dutch style kickboxing, K1, Glory, those things have kind of come into play. Boxing isn't the end all be all. That's not to say that I don't love and appreciate boxing, but I think as time has gone on, we've all kind of gotten a little more educated into what fighting is. But I say all, all that to say I, I loved watching boxing matches when I was a kid. I remember some of my favorites, you know, obviously were um, Sweet Pea Whitaker. Being from Virginia Beach, Virginia, you can't not be a Sweet Pea fan. Not only because the guy was a great, like literally guys are going to be talking about Sweet Pea Whitaker years and years and decades after he's gone, which, you know, he just, he passed away, I don't know, a year or so ago, um, which is, it really hit not only our uh, local community, but it hit the boxing community pretty hard too. The guy was just a phenom. Um, even even the great uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. references Sweet Pea Whitaker uh, when he's talking about his style and how he developed his style, and a lot of that came from uh, Purnell, Sweet Pea Whitaker, uh, and you can see if you watch any footage of Sweet Pea's old fights, Sweet Pea had this way of ducking and dodging and bobbing and weaving, and he would literally duck all the way to the to the canvas where he was n- nearly nearly down, and then out of nowhere just pop back up with an uppercut and just just put on an onslaught of, of attacks um, and just overwhelm his opponents. And so I, I loved watching Sweet Pea. I love, I remember watching Julio, Julio Cesar Chavez and uh, how great he was. I, I have a vivid memory of um, the announcers talking about why it was so difficult to knock out uh, Chavez because and they made these arguments that he had like a thicker skull and I don't know how much of this was just kind of ca- confounded or, or made up or fabricated but um I remember these arguments being made and uh I just remember b- thinking how great he was at boxing and he had hundreds of fights and he was just so impressive and then of course 
you know, there was Macho Camacho was big when I was growing up, and he had the flashy shorts, and he had this aggressive style, and he was fun to watch, and so whenever he was on, we were watching, you know. Uh, my favorite, though, is I, and I can't get past, uh, I can't get through talking about boxing, especially, you know, during uh, the, the 90s, I can't get past uh, talking about Evander Holyfield. My personal favorite boxer of all time, Evander Holyfield. And he was my favorite boxer for a few reasons. You know, one, he was a small heavyweight. I watched a documentary about him not long ago, and he really wasn't a natural heavyweight. However, he wanted to be known as the best in the world. And everybody knows that there are these, like, magical um, uh pound-for-pound pound lists, which a pound-for-pound pound list basically means uh, if everybody was roughly the same size, who has the best skill? Who would win if everyone was roughly the same size? If everybody could hit the same, like, with the same amount of power, if everybody could take the same amount of damage, who would be the best? And it's funny, it's just a magical made-up list because we know if you are, if you've got just absolute out of this world type skills and you're a 135 pound man and you fight, I don't know, say a guy that's 245 pounds and his skill level isn't quite near where yours is, that big man is still going to beat you because of just size. Size does matter when it comes to fighting. And so we get back to this you know, talking about Evander Holyfield and Evander Holyfield wanted to be the heavyweight champion of the world because heavyweight champions were the biggest, the baddest, the toughest men on the planet. And that's what he wanted to be. You know, he grew up and fought in other weight classes during his come up, but he decided he wanted to be the heavyweight champion. So he took on heavyweights, even though he wasn't the biggest, but I, I would have sworn as a kid Every time Evander stepped into the ring or every time he made the walk out to the ring, he uh, he just looked bigger, he looked sharper, he looked tougher, more athletic, and that just grabbed my eye. But the one thing, the one thing that that took my eye more than anything, that caught my ear really, was how he was unashamed in his proclamation of his faith. That he was unashamed to stand up for things that he believed in. I posted a video on the Instagram not long ago, just maybe a week ago, uh, maybe two weeks ago. But it's if you scroll through, you'll see a video of, of Evander Holyfield, and it's it's not highlights. It's it's not him knocking people senseless. It's actually just one interview where I don't remember who he had just beat. It might have been Tyson. Maybe the first Tyson fight because he still had an ear, but he um, he was being asked, you know, how did you, how were you able to uh, win this fight? Actually, I do remember it was Tyson. It was that first Tyson fight, but he uh, he was asking uh, Evander, you know, how did you um, win this fight? Can you talk me through some technique? And all Evander wanted to talk about was how God had led him, how the Holy Spirit was in charge, how. Jesus was his Lord and Savior and all these things. And you could tell it was absolutely frustrating to the interviewer. 
but I just ate it up as a kid. And why? Well, because Evander was the first, he was the first person in a spotlight that was a good man. At least that's what he seemed to be a good man. And he was good at being a man. And those are two separate categories that I think we need to merge in order to really you know, bring masculinity back to the church. You see, like, I am lucky to have a number of great men that are a part of my life. One being my father. I've got some really great uncles that not only are good men, they've got integrity. They, you know, they, they don't lie. They, um, they do what they're, they're supposed to do when it comes to like society saying what a good man is. They are faithful to their wives. They're all these things. They take care of their children. They've always had jobs. They've made sure the bills are paid and food is on the table. They do all those kinds of things. They are there for their family emotionally, not just physically. But they're also good at being men. They're cowboys. They're athletes. They're, you know, they, they do these things that, that give young men something to look up to. And I'm afraid when it comes to the church that we're really starting to miss out on that mark. That we've got a, a load of men who are good men, but sometimes those men come across as soft. And see, I think it's incredibly important that men not only be good men and be integrous and have good character and do things that are right, but also I think it's incredibly important that men are good at being men and that we make a definition for what that looks like, for what that means. I think our young men need older men that they can look up to and say, hey, I want to be like that. Hey, I want to do those things. See, I've always had this warrior thing inside of me and that's not to come across as arrogant or egotistical or anything like that. But I remember from a young age wanting to be the guy that stood up for the people that couldn't stand up for themselves. And I can still say that I've never hit somebody without a glove on, but it's not for a lack of trying. Because one of the things that I despise is bullies. I, I didn't deal with them very well when I was a kid, and I, I don't put up with them now as an adult. And so sometimes when I see somebody that's being violated, maybe not so much in a sexual way, but in just in a, an aggressive way, somebody that's just feeding off of somebody's fear, I make a point to step up and stand out and say something. So I think sometimes we, we miss that. I think it's been trained out of us a lot of, in a lot of ways in our culture to just kind of keep our mouths shut. But the truth is, is there are a lot of men, even men that are listening to this podcast right now that have warriors that are desperate, desperate to get out. I think a lot of, in a lot of ways, we've silenced the leaders and cut off the warriors at their knees and have really turned men who are supposed to be powerful leaders in our, in our communities, we've turned them into just anemic little children. Guys, I'm talking straight to you in that it's time that we take our role as leaders in our homes, in our communities, 
And so how do we take on the role of leadership? How do we take on that role when maybe you've never had anybody show you what that looks like? Well, one of the things that you have to do is you have to decide that I'm going to carry the burden for whatever, whatever it is that you want to lead. There's this meme that floats around about leadership and, and it's like got like a pharaoh that, um, that is sitting in like a, a chariot of some sort and he's got like his, um, his people that are like carrying the, the cart in front of him and he's got a whip and that's the wrong, not only wrong, but dangerous um, visualization of what a leader ought to be. Because see, what a leader ought to be is a leader ought to be the one that is actually carrying the cart. He's the one that's putting in the most work. I've, I've heard and listened to and read some material in the last few years that would teach otherwise, that would say that we need to get other people to do all of our work. And I just, I think that's just a shortcut. And I'm not a, I'm not a believer in shortcuts. I think if we're going to do something, we ought to do it right. And especially when it comes to leading and leading our communities and leading our families. So, you know, the first thing that we've got, got to be willing to do is just be willing to bear the burden of whatever it is you want to be the leader of. See, as men, we love to quote scripture and say, you know, wives submit to your husbands. But what we forget to read is just a little bit further where the, the writer Paul says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Well, we don't really like that one though, because that would suggest that we oftentimes might have to go to the cross. And I'll say, guys, if you, if you don't feel uncomfortable or I'll even say, if you don't feel pain, at least every once in a while, for the sake of love, the way you love your children, the way you love your family, the way you love your wife, shoot, even Jesus said, you got to love your enemies. So if you're not in pain or uncomfortable for the people that get on your nerves sometimes, I'm telling you right now, you are not loving correctly. If you want to lead the way that we're supposed to lead as men, we've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's a statement. I don't know where it came from first, if it was wrestling or mixed martial arts or what, what community brought that up first. But ever since middle school and I started getting, when I started getting into wrestling um, at an early age, I had to learn that phrase, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because in a fight, in a wrestling match, in a jiu-jitsu match, all these things, you're going to be uncomfortable. And the guy that is able to maintain his level head, he's the guy that doesn't freak out because somebody's trying to choke him. The guy that's not freaking out because somebody's trying to take him down. And the guy that that's not freaking out because he's getting punched or elbowed in the face, that's the guy that's going to be able to maintain his composure. He's going to figure out what needs to happen in order to get himself to a better position. And that happens in life too, guys. That happens in life. If you're, if you're in a, if you're in a marriage that's struggling, my encouragement and my challenge to you would be get comfortable being uncom uncomfortable. 
get comfortable being uncomfortable. Do something that hurts a little bit. Give up some time from things that you would want to do. Get, put down the remote control. Put down the controller. Put down the Xbox or the, the PlayStation. Put it down. Those things aren't going to build you up and, and make you a better person anyway. I'll tell you what. Your kids, when you die, will not mention your kill-death ratio at your funeral. What they're going to mention is how how much you love them and how they saw your love through maybe the hard work that you put in or just the time where you were where you were present when you were present too too many of us are physically present but emotionally vacant we've got to choose to be willing to be uncomfortable we've got to choose to be willing to put ourselves through pain we've got to choose to do all these things We've got to be good men, but we've got to be good at being men. We've got to release the warrior that's inside of us and not silence him because the truth is our communities, our families, our wives, and our kids desperately need the leader that is living inside of you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Saved and Savage podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Saved and Savage. No dots, no dashes, no underscores, just simply Saved and Savage. Also, do me a favor and rate, review, subscribe, or follow on whatever platform you might be listening to this podcast on, wherever that might be applicable. Lastly, thanks so much for joining our Saved and Savage community. If you're on Instagram, make sure you drop us a line. Let us know how we're doing. We'd love to connect with you.